Hey, everybody. Welcome to a World Series edition of the Curtain Call podcast. It's a production of the Yes Network. He is Yes Network president of production and programming and executive producer John J. Filippelli. I'm Justin Shackle, our great producer Dan Bassone with us as well. World Series begins tonight with game one between the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. And there's also the smallest slice of Yankee news this week. So we'll get into both topics. World Series heavy, though, John. Uh, happy Friday to you. How are you doing today? I'm fine, Justin. How are you today? Doing great. Um, excited for the World Series. Also taking a trip next week, so I'm getting ready for that. I'm going to France. Uh, have I'll you go, ever been to France? I've been to France yeah, many times, actually. Many uh, times? Yeah, many times. I, when I was at NBC Sports, I did several remotes in Europe, uh, in France in particular. So I got a chance to see a little of France. I've uh, been around it a little bit. It's uh, Paris is one of the most romantic, beautiful cities in the world. And uh, it's, it's a great country to, to visit. It just is. Uh, I, I love my time there. All right. If you could give me one... If you could give me one non-touristy thing to do in in Paris, what's it going to be? Non-touristy. Uh, that's. A I'm not thing. into the tourist traps. Okay, you see, not you don't want to go see the, the Eiffel Tower and all that. I mean, that I mean, I could see the Eiffel Tower. My whole thing is I don't like standing on line for anything, and I'm yeah. not. I, I, so the Eiffel Tower, you don't have to stand on line for, so I'll go see it. But as far as museums or anything like that, they don't they don't move the needle for me. I, I like Napoleon's tomb. Oh, that's a good one. I haven't heard about. Okay. Yeah, most tourists don't go to see Napoleon's tomb. It's like he's too old and he's too dead, so they don't really go. <laughs> they don't go see him. So that's an interesting spot. I liked. I liked. Uh, I found that because I like history, so I found that interesting. You know, Pierre Shay, the, the, the cemeteries that uh, Edith Piaf and Oscar Wilde and Jim Morrison from the Doors is very. It's an interesting place to visit. You know, pay your respects. Um, Oh my God! There's so many great restaurants and so, and so many wonderful experiences. Shash that's that's what I'm really jazzed up about. The restaurants, yeah, restaurants. going just oh, yeah. just going at my leisure. You know, popping into a, a cafe. Robino, sit down. Robino's yeah. a whatever. I'm sorry, I mixed my time with my French there. <laughs> sit down, have some wine, and just relax. And yeah, it's a long season to kick off. The series will be over. You know, by then, the baseball season will be at least the playing of the games will be done. And you know, so it's time to kick back a little, take a week or two off. You've earned it. You know, had a long but productive year, so you take a little time off. It's good for you. I'm really glad I asked you these questions because these are the different answers that uh, I, I was not getting from from people. So uh, thank you for being my trip advisor, John. Appreciate You're that. You're welcome. I know what I told you to do other than drink some wine and go see Napoleon's too. But but anyway, it's it's good. It's it's all it's all good. Thank you. All right. Uh, game one coming up. Rangers, Diamondbacks, two teams that lost over 100 games as recently as two years ago. Uh, but. But before we get into, and not the X's and O's, but you know, we're going to talk about who has an edge here, X factors. What are you exactly you're looking for? Um, just for the record, how many World Series productions have you been involved in? Wow, uh, let me think for a second. <laughs> That's an interesting question. I'm going to go. Let's see: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, so nine of them. Uh, yeah, the, the talk. As the championship series played out and we we discovered which teams would be represented in the American and National League here, D-backs, Rangers, not the sexiest matchup on paper from a national audience perspective. As a fan, I don't really care about that. Um, everyone's mentioning how this isn't going to be the biggest ratings boom. Uh, why should 
a fan care about that? And from your perspective, do you, you know, when you're not involved in the World Series, do do the ratings even matter to you as you're as, as you obviously are a TV executive? Like, can you can you get away from that headspace? Oh yeah, I mean, I could I could certainly divorce myself from uh, the ratings, uh, you know, question, and then uh, uh, no, absolutely. I mean, look, for, if you're a baseball fan, and I assume if you're going to watch the whole series, you must be a baseball fan, and if you're not, then shame on you, you should be. Uh, the playoffs were this was the most unpredictable playoff season I've I have ever been part of. I mean, in any 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 series, any way, shape, or form, I have never seen so much the chalk go by the wayside as we you saw here. And uh, I mean, there are reasons for it, but if you said to me when we started this thing, you know, spring training came around, Texas and Arizona would be in the World Series. I would have said, I don't know what you're doing, but <laughs> it's it's whatever it is. It's, it's probably good for your health, I suppose. But it's I'm telling you, that's I you can't think like that. And uh, I I was so shocked to see these two teams standing when when all was said and done. So so they they got there not on my not on anything that I certainly thought they would be able to provide but having said that it was the most exciting exhilarating postseason i've seen in a really long time lots of converging storylines i mean fascinating to watch great great dramatic baseball and so many twists and turns and so much of the unexpected mm-hmm. that's what made this great i think the series is going to mirror i think this series is going to mirror the, what we've seen in the postseason so far and what we've seen so far is an unpredictable nature of the entire format now year two of the expanded format and I've been on here. I've been in other platforms, and I, I know we've talked about it before. I, I'm really not a fan when I hear teams talk about how the postseason's a crapshoot. I, you know, I point to the Astros saying, you know, that that they've they've kind of figured out the crapshoot. So what's the story there? This is, I think, a prime example that the postseason could really be a, a, a crapshoot here. Uh, at the same time. Let me let me backtrack a little bit. The Diamondbacks are proving that hey, maybe this could be a crapshoot. Because I'm with you. Before the season, didn't see this happening. The last homestand that the Yankees had this season, the Diamondbacks were in town. They did not look like a team that was going to go to the World Series. Let alone look like a team that deserved to to be part of the postseason. But here they are. They narrowly beat out the Cubs by a couple of games. Heck, they won a couple more games of the Yankees, and now they won the pennant. So. This is definitely a win for the crapshoot crowd, right? There's no question. I mean, if that's you know, if it's if you you do look at it from the, the favorite teams to the crapshoot teams, it's a definite win for the crapshoot teams. There's no question. And for the format, I mean, it's like look, I mean, look at the team, look at the great teams, and these were great teams. The Braves had a great baseball team, the Dodgers had a really good you know, baseball team. Tampa Bay had a really good baseball team. Baltimore had a terrific season. One of the American League East, really good, you know, baseball uh, team. Um, so many good base, Phillies, pretty good baseball team. Mm-hmm. And that is a wild card, but pretty solid baseball team, obviously. You know, where are all they? Who is everybody? They're all home. I mean, it's like, so you look, turn around, you look at that, and you say, like, I mean, I could see one of these one once or twice in a series, you know, all these playoff series, you're going to get upsets. You know, the, the short series, you know, a team gets hot, things happen. I get it. Obviously, get it. But to have almost every one of these series did not go to form, not one of them. And that, to me, is the thing that made it so interesting to me. Well, and, you know, look, if you're not a fan of, like, expanded playoffs, Major League Baseball wanted chaos. They wanted chaos. They wanted, you know, they wanted the NCAA tournament. They wanted whatever. And you know if this is by the, the extra wild card. If that's what did this because of it. 
let's face it, that, that it, it, it probably, it's, in terms of watching interesting baseball, the baseball could not have been more interesting no matter who was playing it. So they got interesting baseball. Now, your point about the markets, they, they did not get huge television. Oh, Dallas is not a bad market. Though. But the reality is, at the end of the day, these are not the biggest of markets no. and, and with with a national following. or So they didn't get the the, the, you know, the sexy stars. They didn't get the, the big markets. They did not get lots of things. But what they got was really great baseball. And maybe great baseball can actually carry the day here. We'll see. We'll see how if – if these games start and, and they're not really good games – Somebody wins eight nothing, seven two. You know, one of these things, and and immediately you get into it. Oh, it wasn't a great game. I don't, I don't know who will come back. People may try to not come back. They may not. They may do that. You get good games at the top. People could get into a series like this because you know, like to, to Tony Lavello's point, where he said maybe somebody will start to understand. Maybe they'll they'll, they'll know who our, some of our players are. Because he said nobody knows their players, which is true. If you mainstream America does not know the, the Arizona Diamondbacks. But if you put them, they play really great baseball, which they played. But under under the spotlight of the World Series, uh, you know things can happen, and and stories develop, and 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 you know, and great games have a way of selling themselves and marketing themselves. So it's you can't, there's no formula for this, and you're right, they're not big markets, and they may not draw a powerful rating for a World Series. They may not, but if the games get great at the top, they just might surprise people as to. Because these are teams that you can, you can root for because they're both sort of underdogs. I mean, even Texas is not as underdog as Arizona, but but there, there was a little bit of an underdog mentality there because they weren't supposed to be here. It, Arizona, I think, provides a glimpse of what the game could be looking like. It could, you know, this is a copycat league. It could be a preview of what teams are going to try and and build our rosters around speed and athleticism hopefully putting the ball in contact. I mean, they beat the Phillies in game seven by laying down bunts, putting the ball in the air, moving the runners over. They didn't do it with the home run. So for Arizona, I think this is definitely a win for that that crapshoot crowd. Now, at the same time, John, I think that the Rangers kind of dispel the crapshoot theory. They're here because even at maybe at times that it didn't look like they were going to go this far, they are here because they were really good for much of the regular season. They spent big in free agency. They hit with some younger, homegrown pieces in the draft, and they were they were aggressive at the trade deadline. Uh, the Rangers are not this underdog come-from-behind story like the Diamondbacks here, but also with the D-backs and their victory over the Phillies. That was also surprising. It goes the other way with the crapshoot theory because I do believe that, for the most part, you you do win more times than not with the home run. In the playoffs, but Arizona beating Philly showed you that you definitely need lineup balance here. You need players who can put the ball in play. Speed and athleticism really can be your friend. So overall lineup construction, I think the Diamondbacks emerging here and maybe the Rangers where they're a more polished lineup. They're going to force teams to really take a deeper look in how they construct the balance of their lineups. There's a lot to unwrap what you just said. They were, there's four or five or six major points that you made there. Um, and uh, I, I I would just say this. What what you saw from Arizona was, you're right about the athleticism. You, you know, Carroll is, is, a, is a major force. And, you know, he was kind of sleeping in the LCS until the end. And then he just, he was the reason that they, they, they won the game seven. One of the reasons, one of the major reasons. He's a really excellent player. He's got power. He's got speed. That defense. He's got 
with anything you want, and he's really young. He's very youthful, and he's very he's aggressive on the bases. He's got like lots of things going for him as a player. He's a terrific player. He he fits in the athletic thing that you but they but they've got so many pieces that fit there. Um, they've got and and the, the catcher, I mean, the, the Moreno. Oh, uh, what's it? Moreno is yeah. just excellent. I'm in love with watching that guy play. He's terrific. I mean, and you, there is no weakness in him. And again, he's very, very, he's young. So you got cornerstone pieces right there. You said you said. I mean, you hold on to those two pieces. I mean, and listen, they they shut the they shut the Phillies down, and then their bullpen shut the Phillies down, which is was. I mean, they've been over the course of the last two games. It was the nine innings that they gave up a run. Mm-hmm. I mean, so for a bullpen that was in the beginning of the season was considered one of the great bullpens. But what they're able to piece it together over the course of the season and the moves they made, like getting Seawall at the trading deadline, things of that nature, have really, really positioned them as their bullpen is excellent. And the time, the time that the there are holes in the Ranger bullpen, not so much at the end, but it's in the middle. And if you if that's why the key to me is going to be the starting pitching. Obviously, starting pitching means everything in a lot of players. It's huge, and it should be. Having said that, the starting pitcher is really going to be critical here because you need innings out of your starting pitcher, and you can't afford to give up three, four innings in the first three, four runs in the first inning or two. You can't fall behind. You got to pitch well from the beginning, and that's good. Whoever does that is going to is going to win this thing because that's really what's going to come down to. Because once you get in those bullpens, Texas, especially in the middle, I don't think they match. They, they can match Arizona, and I think that's where Arizona has has an edge, an edge that you, they could Texas can bludgeon you for sure. But but uh, Arizona can beat you, and there's a difference, as I see it. We'll we'll sift through these rosters, see who holds the edge here. Uh, one thing I want to backtrack on: a lot of people are giving the Yankees some criticism for players who are involved deep into the postseason runs, of, and and on these World Series teams. You know, the Jordan Montgomery is probably the one that stands out the most. Um, I, if I'm a fan of any team having a little bit of grief about players that got away. It's with the Toronto Blue Jays because they traded away Gabby Moreno last offseason. Him, Lourdes Gurriel for Dalton Varsho. That trade looks awful right now. I'm trying to not not try to mince words here. Gabriel Moreno looks like a star in the making. He's going to be one of the top three catchers in this league for a, a very long time here. Um, you talked about the pitching. I agree with you here. I think that's where the Diamondbacks may hold an edge, not just in the bullpen, but the rotation as well. So I wonder with you, where do you see these teams having the edge? Who are you giving the edge to in the fall classic? In the starting pitching? All around. I mean, I, I, I'm trying to answer this question in a way that like leaves us room to say how many games and who's going to win what at the end of this thing. <laughs> But having said this, I think it's going to go seven games. I, I will, I'll tell you who I think wins at the end. But but um, yeah, let's give your prediction right now. Let's dessert first, my friend. Come on, right at the Arizona, beginning. Arizona in seven. Okay. Uh, although I mean, if Rangers could win this too. I mean, it's not like I'm sitting here. But if I had to, I'm not a betting person. I don't play bets. But if I were, it would, I wouldn't bet the house money on anybody. <laughs> there, there's a lot of there's a lot of. Uh, Strengths and weaknesses that sort of complement and then negate each other here. So, I, I would say honestly, I, I, I look at both these teams. This could go either way, but I give. Uh, I think I really think Arizona right now is the hotter of the two teams. I do. I, I, having I just 
I just think the way in which they've gotten here and the way in which they weren't supposed to be here, the way that they persevered and just beat all these, slew all these giants, what they've done, the way they've done it. Not again, not to mitigate what Texas has done, but to your point, Texas was, you know, they didn't win the division, but I mean, listen, we're, we're splitting hairs here, but by game and whatever. I mean, it, and it, no, they, they could have, they could have easily. And, and their competition was Houston and Seattle. I mean, right. two, it could be excellent baseball teams. So, you know, you look at this and you say, you know, it's not Texas is not as much a shock to me, uh, although I certainly wouldn't have made them the chalk. They're certainly not as much a surprise to me as Arizona. Arizona is, is to me is like I don't know where they came from. I saw them play the Yankees, and the Yankees had their way with them, and the Yankees were having struggling during that part of the year. So when that was going on, I said they they, they can't be all that great. At eighty four and seventy eight, you know, you sit in there going, about three games over five hundred. I mean, really, seriously, you know. Uh, do, do you remember the that series? I mean, it was awful weather. They had to play a doubleheader and push the yeah. series back. They had to make moves in order to, because it was late in the season. They didn't want games skipped. And and it was just awful weather all around. And you talked about Kevin Ginkle before uh, yeah. and the, the D-back bullpen. Kevin Ginkle was that guy. He was like persona non grata on a day where you have a doubleheader, crappy weather. He could not get the ball over the plate. He was extending the game late in the ninth inning someone had a sizable lead i can't remember off the top of my head i think it was the diamondbacks who had the lead here and and he just could not find the plate and now kevin ginkle is one of the hottest relievers uh in the postseason so that kind of personifies about like where the d-backs came from and where they're at now but they've they slayed two division winners the brewers the dodgers they beat the phillies i'm with you like what separates the rangers from those three opponents they've already overcome a lot they have that mindset i think the diamondbacks win it um not bold enough to give a prediction in how many games, but uh, I hope it goes seven because that means we'll have an electric uh, fall classic here. Who, who do you give? Who's your X factor in all this for the entire series? That's that's you know there's so I mean you we could start going through players here, and there's so many X factors, so many, and they they all showed in various forms in the different playoff series. I mean the way Garcia played at the end for Texas. I mean, how do you have, how do you, 12 RBIs and 12 RBIs in three games? Is that right? Is that right? 12 I RBIs? think he had 15 RBIs. But but in, in, in the last three games, he had he had like 12. 12? We can check that. Okay. So, well, anyway, you went 12 or 15. It was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. It was fun. It was like, it was a, like a, it was a one-person wrecking crew. I mean, and, and the way that host, so could he continue to play like that? Uh, Seeger is a great baseball player. Corey Seager is a great baseball, not a good well, he's a great baseball player. And you know, when the Rangers went out and they made that, those two signings, the Simeon and and, and 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 Seager, a lot of people said, well, really? I mean, this is a team that's lost, you know, what is it, lost like 110 games and it's like, what are you doing? I mean, they're going out and, you know, I, I'm fine, that's nice. Those are nice pieces, but that's all they are, pieces. Well, the, those were two major pieces and then a lot of things followed suit. And very, you know, very aggressive uh, from that. From their uh, from their management uh, people in, in Texas, I think they did a really good job of going out and you know identifying pieces. Not every piece worked. I mean, remember Jacob Degrom? You know, they paid a lot of money for Degrom, and that didn't go work. Work and you know, Shears who you know, who's a huge factor could be a huge factor in this year. Who Shears? And you know, he's got the Hall of Fame pedigree. There's no doubt. He's got he's got you know a lot going for him. There's no question. You look at his history and who he is. But you know, but he struggled. He struggled late until he, that slider. When that slider is not one hundred percent right for him, he, he struggles. 
So who knows what you're going to see from him? I've seen glimpses of him where you say he looks really good. He looks then at times he just looked awful, you know. So I, I, you know, I don't know. That's a big X factor to me. I mean, really, it's going to be their starting to me this Texas starting pitching because Vivaldi's been great. I mean, Vivaldi is like Mr. Postseason. Mr. Vivaldi has been incredible. He's won four games. I mean, Vivaldi's become like Madison Bumgarner. He's become he's part of that group. Yes, that's that's very true. Yeah. So, uh, so he's he's playing, he's pitching extremely well. I mean, that the, the, to me, to me, this the game, the first game, which as we record this, would be tonight, game one. If if he can hold them in place, if he can hold the, the Diamondbacks, keep them off the bases, hold them in place, because you got to keep, got to check their speed. They got a lot of speed. They steal bases. So if, if, if he could keep them off, and they could, you know, he can limit the damage. Uh, and Texas wins the game, you know, to me, like I said, because I think it's going to be seven games. I think that's a that's a big credit to the Rangers. If they if they beat Evaldi, or they beat they lose if the Rangers lose the game, which he pitches, I think the, the, there's a tremendous momentum switch uh, uh, switch, if you will. Yeah. So I mean, I, I really liked. I really there are certain players I love Evaldi. I think he's done an incredible job, you know. And and I love him about his demeanor. He never sweats this guy. His demeanor is always the same. Watch him. Whether he's giving up runs tonight, every once in a while you get a fist pump or something, but you don't get that much emotion out of him. He just goes out there, does his job. He's he's, he's tremendous. He's like, um, he, and I don't know. I mean, I don't know how you could play these games without tremendous adrenaline. Everybody's got to be exhausted. It's such a long season, not a playoff grind, and mentally, what that's had to do with all these players, it's got to wear them down. But the adrenaline rush that for playing in this World Series has got to be able to overcome that, and I'm sure it does. I yeah. mean, you know, so I, the answer to the question, X factor, so many of them. I, I you know, you, like I said, Simeon's got a hit. What's his name? Is um, Seager uh, has been unbelievable. You know, so Christian Walker hasn't really played up the. He's got to come alive. He's got to come alive for the Diamondbacks. Yeah. Hasn't done very much for them. Although he's, he's an elite first baseman, their defense is really good. By Arizona, so is mm-hmm. Texas. Can you imagine though what we've seen from the Arizona offense? Like if Christian Walker comes alive, this is a guy who hit thirty homers, one hundred yeah. driven in. Like he can accentuate what Arizona does so well with, with power. Yeah. It would yeah. be huge. Well, how about this kid? How about Evan Carter? September caller. Mm-hmm. He's, he's been a one person wrecking crew. He's, he's been just, he's been ridiculously good. Jordan Montgomery, the ex Yankee. How well he's played, pitched, you know, there was a, a people said he couldn't pitch out of the bullpen. You know, his fifth starter with the Yankees, fourth or fifth starter, depending, whatever, couldn't pitch out of the bullpen. Well, he's pitched out of the bullpen here. I've seen him. He's mm-hmm. pretty good to me. He's, he's done all right. Um, he's, he's done very well. You know, I, I don't fault the Yankees. A lot of people got on the Yankees for that trade. Look, hindsight is a great thing. You look back and say, well, I, mean, I wouldn't do it now. I you know, but, but you know, Hayter was pretty good when he was on the field. So the Yankees needed a center fielder. So I, I kind of understood the trade when they made it. It made sense to me. And Montgomery has didn't, didn't pitch like this when he was with the Yankees. He didn't. So sometimes it's, you know, guys develop a little later, situations change them. You know, pitching coaches, Red Strom. Yep. No. Well, the, he's Mike the Maddox. Mike yeah. Maddox. Those guys are elite, elite pitching coaches, those guys. Yeah. You know, they, they, they've changed, they, they've changed the alchemy of, mm-hmm. of, of his pitching staff. You see, I, I, I don't, I know I'm in the minority. I don't criticize the Yankees so much for, for trading away Montgomery. It's, yeah. it's the, landscape that holds a lot i would say the majority of teams around the sport about really handcuffing young pitchers i think jordan montgomery is a product of of people around him in in new environments not new york letting him go further 
and taking the reins off and maybe allowing him to fail as he goes deeper in games. Pitching culture is five and fly right now, right? Well, when yeah, when yeah. you when you exude a, a little bit more patience and perhaps belief and and wanting to you know take the training wheels off of a of a pitcher who's just you know for a lack of a poor matter you know a better metaphor like Montgomery's riding a two wheeler here. I mean, he might fall, but at least let him let him try and do it. And I think that's where we are in the state of, of pitching these days. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't criticize the Yankees too much for, for that trade. I think it's an overall uh, problem for the entire sport. There are only a handful of teams that I think would allow Jordan Montgomery to flourish. The Cardinals were one of them. The Rangers are one of them. Common denominator there, same pitching coach. It's Mike Maddox. So uh, Montgomery flourishing at the right moments here. When you take a look at the, the, the rotations, both have two, Terrific starters. Kelly, Gallon for the D-backs. We mentioned Montgomery, Evaldi for the Rangers. If you're asking me which two to take, I think I'm going to lean more toward Texas, but here's where my X factor comes in, John. When you expand it to the top three, Max Scherzer is the X factor for me here because yeah. the Rangers need him to look like Max Scherzer and less like a 39-year-old pitcher trying to settle back in after he's missed over a, a month of action here. So I wonder how they get creative with Scherzer because the last two appearances, if if I'm in this position, I cannot rest my laurels and say, well, Scherzer was just getting, you know, settled back in his, his two appearances in the, in the ALCS. That's not good enough for me. I have to be aggressive. I have to think on my feet, how we can get the most out of Max Scherzer. When you expand it to three, now you have the emergence of a young starter in Brandon Fott. For Arizona, call me crazy, but I actually think the D-backs, when you go three against three, have the upper hand here. Oh, I think they do. I think they do as well. I mean, I mean, if 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 she, I mean, it's actually you know, this, like I said, this, we have so many X factors here, but Shears is obviously at the top of the X list. He has to be because if he doesn't pitch the way to his pedigree, if he doesn't pitch there, it gives him a couple of days, gives up runs, they take him out. Now you're in the bullpen, and you're in the bullpen early. If he can't give you a quality outing. You're in the bullpen early, and now you've got another problem. So I, I they've got to be able to – their starting pitching has got to stay deep in the game. It has to, to eliminate the middle of their, their bullpen. It, it, that, that's what they need. So, I mean, hopefully they'll be able – for the Rangers' sake, they'll be able to do that. We'll see if that's the way it plays out. But uh, Scherzer has got to come up big. I mean, he's got to come up to that the, that uh, the acquisition they made the trading deadline it was a big acquisition for them. They they realized they needed help in the starting pitching department. They went on and got one of, one of the elites in the game, but you know, an elite in the game who's also thirty nine also struggled this year. They struggled at times in, in, in past years now, and uh, he's got he's, there's a lot to prove here for him. You could say, well, what does he got to prove? He's going to the Hall of Fame. He's got three Cy Youngs or whatever he's got. You're right. He does. But you know what? Then if that's your case, then don't, don't then retire and don't pitch. Mm-hmm. Sorry. If you're going to pitch, then you got to pitch. You got to do it. You got to do the gig. You got to go out and be effective and do your job. And he's got to be able to do that. If he can't do that, I mean, the series may ride on what he gives them. He may, may ride on what they give them. I'll be honest. I don't think he's going to start game three. We have yet to see the pitching probables. I, I think because of a dynamic left-hander like Corbin Carroll, uh, Christian Walker, playing the matchups. And I talked with David Cohn about this. He thinks the the Rangers have to get creative with the D-back matchups. So you're specifically, you know, you're you're looking at your specific opponent here. They they may be better suited starting one of their 
lefty starters that have been pitching out of the bullpen this postseason. A guy like an Andrew Heaney and push Scherzer back to uh, game four, give him another day of rest or so. And and then you roll with that plan for, for a potential are, game seven. We're right about that. But but also it depends on where they are. If they're down two games, you know, they're split. I mean, you know, who's up where? I mean, the third game, as Joe Torre used to say, was the most critical game. Yeah, swing game. But swing game. Three yeah. and five swing games. So, you know, they, they're obviously very important to if you're gonna win a championship, you gotta be mm-hmm. able to do that. So I it's gonna be interesting to see you're right. To your point, you're right. They could do that, push him back. He's gonna he's gonna pitch somewhere, he's gonna start somewhere. Definitely. He's gonna be a reliever, he's gonna pitch somewhere yeah. for them a prominent place. It's the question of where strategically they are. If they're up two two games in a series, they may just say, let's let's fine, let's just go with this. Let's mm-hmm. let's hope that he's got where he needs to get it. We'll get we'll be fine. If not they may have to rethink the, who, who's going to start that game. You're right about that. Yeah, I thought two incredible uh, and fascinating styles these teams possess, two different styles. Uh, I'm with you, though. I think the Diamondbacks What's right Arizona? now. You think about Arizona's bullpen? They come at you from every which way. Yeah. Every which way. I mean, these are not traditional, you know, over the top. <laughs> they're <laughs> sidewinding. They're, they're, they're over the top. They're this the three quarters. They're, I mean, these guys, and everyone's got a different look. So when a batter sitting there, I'm getting adjusted to this. No, no, they got a new picture with a new look. It's and that was a whole nother adjustment. I mean, the middle realize that's the game within the game. But that that to me, I mean, I, I watched I watched what they did with Philly. I mean, they couldn't they couldn't co-nail them. You're talking about some of the lead hitters in the game. And, and you know, it's Schwarber and Harper and Riamino. They could not touch these guys when when it mattered the most. That was because of the diversity of that bullpen. That's 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 to me that's that's a true X factor. That's not even X. I think that's the strength of Arizona, and I think why I think they'll win is because of that. Interesting matchups in there too. To your point, mm-hmm. and it's go anyway. It could go either way for sure. But yeah. that's why I'm thinking. I'm with you. I think to to water it down to its simplest form, Arizona has the hotter pitching staff at the moment, and I'm going to roll with that. Yeah. Um, which, this is really interesting, John. You and I were taking the D-backs in the World Series. When the postseason began, you, we probably could have made the argument that the D-backs were the least interesting team out of the entire 16-team field. And here we are. It would have taken Texas A&M before <laughs> Christmas time. <laughs> Wild. I would have taken a name of team, the Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, where are we going? <laughs> what a sport you want to go? I mean, I mean yes, for sure. Yeah. But, you know what? but that was then, and this is now. Definitely. There is the hot, I mean, they're a hot team. It's, mm-hmm. it's the playoffs are always about who gets hot. Yep. And, and you know, it's not just hot. It's the it's the way they've climbed these mountains that they've had to climb. I mean, that to me is the real character of the team. And now they believe. Now they believe. Now they think the, the whole world is against them. The whole world didn't pick them. And they're saying, okay, keep it going. You know, now, now we're incentivized. We're yeah. really incentivized. You know, let, let's keep it going. I mean, I mean, the Brewers, the Dodgers, mm-hmm. the Phillies. All gone, all gone, and uh, and Rangers are a good team. The Rangers, to me, you're right. To your point, they fit in very well with teams like the Phillies or the Diamond. I mean, good team. There's no question of a good team, and they could win this thing. I'm, I'm not mitigating the other anybody who's listening to this movie for the Rangers. I get it. They, they're a solid baseball team, and they could easily win this thing as well. I just think it's going to be so close. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's I think that is one of those memorable series. It may possibly could the way these two teams are play the way in which they win games the character of these teams the determination of these teams the core star players on these teams and it's also the unsung heroes of these teams so many unsung heroes that went to, kept come out of this series 
you know, these these this, this playoff season so far. It's just great to watch it. It's great for baseball. It's uh, these are great games. If you're a baseball fan and you, if, if this doesn't like you know you know turn you on, then I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go find something else to do because this has been great baseball. Not yeah. great baseball. Great baseball. It's a perfect way to, to punctuate this World Series as a whole. May not be a ratings boom on the outside look, you know, heading into this series, but the way the teams play baseball, it'll invite more fans in for the intrigue. Sure. And and this is the essence of the new playoff format. And I think it's a I think it's a good thing here. Um, you're, you're well, you were talking about elite hitters moments ago. Let's segue to more elite hitters. Take our eyes off the World Series a bit. There is a couple of Yankee items that happened. This week, one of them, Sean Casey, not coming back as hitting coach. The other is that the Yankees and the Padres reportedly had preliminary talks about Juan Soto, one of the best hitters in the game and one of the youngest talents in the game, who is also set to become a free agent after next season here. So are you read? Let me rephrase it. How much are you reading into the report that preliminary talks have been taking place between the Padres and Yankees regarding Soto? Uh, If I'm a Yankee fan, I'm heartened by that because he is kind of what the Yankees need. I mean, he is, uh, he's a left-hand power hitter. He's young. He's athletic. He's, uh, you know, has a championship under his belt already. Um, and he's considered one of the you know the, the four or five top talents in the game. There's no question he is. He's there uh, with the potential to go higher than the top four or five. So when you look at his potential, look at what he's done. You look at the the Yankee need Yankees need the Yankees need that power bat, lefty bat, pick the lefty bat in Yankee Stadium. They really need that. They need somebody who could who could be part of this team for a very long time. Now there's a lot of caveats to this. Okay. The caveats to this are right now, he's not a free agent. It's one more year, right, with the pods, and at least on a contract. But if you're the Padres and, you know, you look at their their TV deal collapsed on them, they signed a lot of players based on their TV deal. And that money that was there now is not there. So they're going to have to figure out creative ways to make up money. They have creative ways to, to you know, they, they, they're certainly looking at his looming number of what he could get as a free agent, which is going to be considerable. And maybe they don't have the appetite for that number. That's a very large number. It's going to be a large number. So he's, he's you know what? And he's very, you know, he's very desirable by a lot of teams, obviously, who have interest in Soto. So they can command a couple of major prospects for major prospects that they're going to need. You know, they need, they can use some extra starting pitching. You know, the Yankees have potentially some arms that might be able to satisfy them. I'm not, I'm not throwing that. Who knows what the Yankees will do? I don't know. I'm not saying they should trade King or Schmidt or those guys, but certainly those guys could be in the conversation. They, I probably would think they would be. You're not going to just get Soto for nothing. You're going to have to give up something and probably something of substantial to get him, I would think. Although not as bad now as it would have been at the trading deadline. Because yeah. then you've got a year and a half of a season and a half of, of Soto on your team. Now you only have the one season, unless of course you can resign him. So the Yankees have to think, and I don't think they could think about one year to give up the prospects they're going to have to give up to get him with the talent. I think they're going to have to look at this and say, well, obviously it's not about the it's about long term staying a Yankee for many years. And obviously I think that would be part of their strategy and their thinking. I mean, I can't say that for them, but I would tend to think that that's where it was going to go. So there's a lot of factors in here. But I think that it makes a ton of sense from the Yankee standpoint. It's one of their big needs is you know is, is lefty power and an outfielder. So uh, he would fit. The, he fits the 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 uh, the the, the uh, template that they need. Fits in every which way that you want. I don't think the pack the asking price can be that 
that much for a player with one year left, but also the, the market kind of needs to dictate itself. I'm sure the Yankees aren't going to be the only ones uh, asking for, for Soto services. So the Padres could drive up the price in that regard, but on the surface one year left, no matter how great of a player you are, the, the asking price can only be so high. The ceiling could be only be so high there overall though here. Like I'm, I'm, I need to hear more like uh, the, the preliminary discussions could be as much as the Yankees, calling the Padres saying, hey, uh, Juan Soto, we like him a lot. Padres saying, yeah, we do too. We don't know what we're doing yet, but when we figure it out, you'll hear about it just like everybody else. Click. Like, that's a preliminary discussion right there, right? Yes, probably uh, one that was held a little differently, I would think. But, <laughs> but the reality... I just need to hear more. I need to hear more. Of course, of yeah. course. Look, look, it's hot stove season, pal. The World Series will be over in a week and... Then when you, then it's about hot stove. It's about putting up a log on the fire sitting there, talking a great game of baseball and some trades that you should make and free agents that should be signed and reconstruction and construction of ball clubs. It's it's the thing that makes baseball really – baseball has that. The, the other sports don't have that hot stove, you know, component to their game. And baseball does. It helps make the game what it is. So, yeah, it's, it's a whole new season. It'll be fun to follow. You can watch, obviously, our hot stove shows on Yes. You don't want to miss those because they're excellent. And Lorenzo and the guys do such a terrific job. And do we know when those hot stove shows begin, John? I think we do. It's uh, Monday, December 4th. Okay. So uh, right after, you know, your Thanksgiving time, it's uh, time to put that log on the fire, get into uh, the great, uh, the great uh, part of the season, the world, the baseball world, that is the hot stove season. Oh yeah, so. just just in time for for winter meetings, I believe too, that are happening either that week or the or the week after. Um, so keep your eyes peeled. News is definitely going to be coming in regarding the Yankees uh, with the World Series here and ending in a little over a week's time. But get locked in in the moment here. World Series Game One happening tonight, the day we're recording this. It's a fantastic contrast in styles between the D backs. And the Rangers. So if you're just a, a pure fan of baseball, I think this series is for you. John, anything else as we land the plane here for this episode? No, I think this was a pretty comprehensive look at the two teams in the World Series. So I think we're uh, happy with the things we said, and I'm happy with uh, excited to watch the games now play, and then the, you know baseball to get itself a you know a new world champion. It's gonna be exciting. And I believe it'll be the the, the ninth different world champion in the last uh 10 years or so doing off the the math off the top of my head yeah the astros are the only team that have won twice in the last decade uh hey one more for the crapshoot crowd right uh <laughs> rangers d-backs coming up world series john always a pleasure thank you for that travel tip with with paris my friend i'm gonna uh i'm gonna report back from napoleon's grave site appreciate you oh we remember there's a big time difference so you be careful what time you call me but, but all right anyway, maybe i'll text my phone is always there For John J. Filippelli, for our terrific producer, Dan Bassone, I'm Justin Shackle. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe. That way you don't miss the latest that we're turning out here on the Curtain Call podcast, a production of the Yes Network. Enjoy the World Series, everybody. Thank you. Enjoy, everybody.